Have you ever been over to your friend's house to eat and the food just ain't no good? I mean, the macaroni soggy, the peas all mush, and the chicken tastes like wood. What's up, everybody? It's Pad, Pad Fast Podmalakshvi from Top Chef here. I'm David Bowden. I'm Chance. And we're hosting Pod Fast and Pod Furious. And we're talking better luck tomorrow. Oh, you fucked that intro up so good. Fuck me good, fuck me long, and fuck me hard, baby. Oh, man. Our brewskis today that we're drinking. There'll be a picture posted. Yeah, I already posted one on the uh, Twitter account. Okay. Happy creative caption. Uh, Dogfish head namaste white. Belgian style wit beer. Our Belgian style white ale brewed with dried organic orange flesh and peel. Fresh cut lemongrass. A bit of coriander. Peppercorns. And a healthy dose of good karma. Wow. Fucking, we're getting some karma coming our way, apparently. Yeah, baby. Some peppercorn, coriander, whatever the fuck that is. All brewed with orange, lemongrass, and spices. 4.8% alcohol by volume. Yeah, that's pretty weak. Well, we'll see. We're going to pour this into our official tasting glasses. These are our Hurricane Heist brand wine glasses. They're fucking, they are the most flimsy plastic, yeah. but they are beautiful. If you follow our Twitter at podfastpodcast, all one word... You would know that I ordered, using my Regal Crown Club points, some official Hurricane Heist wine glasses. Which I'm a little upset they didn't at least supply glass. That's, I was like, I I was underwhelmed. Like, I don't know why I was expecting them to be actual glass. Yeah, that's but... what, it, it is, like, I was, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's not glass, it's clearly plastic. But it's when I picked it up, and it's the, uh, the top of the cup. That shit just... It's like a two-liter bottle that was a cut in half or something. Yeah, yes, and I mean, it's even if you, if you look at the bottom, it has, like, the classic, like, plastic cup. Like, it should just say Solo on the bottom. Yeah, really. Co- Covino? Is that what it says? Govino? Govino. Govino. Go, go Govino v, wine. Govinow. Okay, okay. So Which, it is at least from a wine This is, like, company. something you would get at, like, a wedding. Yeah, yeah. Like they're handing out wine at a wedding. And it's it's like, thick enough to keep and wash. Yeah. But at the same time, we're also drunk, so maybe having something we can't break. That's true. Maybe better for us. I could see this cracking at some point very easily. Though. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's all about how you wash it. I and have they, a feeling this is a hand wash. They came quite messy as well. I mean, you see the little dots and shit on there. I tried to wash them out in the sink. Yeah. But... Now I have a feeling this is, these are definitely like a hand wash type glass, and it's, yeah, it's wanna, plastic. You're going to get you'd stains. You'd want to rub one out yourself. I always do. Hey. All right, we're going right, to we? pour our beers in. All right, now it's about who pours the better fucking glass. Oh, it fits the full beer. I'd say we were about even. We had different approaches, but in terms of head, yeah, that's the same same amount of head. Yeah, we were we were about even. Those are good pours, man. Good pours. Cheers. Solid pours. You just you pour it down the side, you know. Yep. Or else you're gonna get too much foam. Listen, I love head as much as the next guy, but not too much head on my beer. You get too much head, and then you're gonna be puking foam everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Foam fucking. Foam fuck. Foam posits. 
That's really good. That's a good beer, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's the glass that's doing it for me, but... Uh, it's definitely a good Belgian ale. Mr. Nobody from Furious 7 would appreciate this. He would. There's a there's a very specific taste to Belgian, like Belgian beer in general. Yeah. I it's, just associate, it's got a bit more bite. I associate it with the Blue Moon taste. It's, yeah. That was the first Belgian I think I ever had, and it's like... Which I'm not even sure Blue Moon is a real Belgian beer. It, I did just have a Blue Moon, like, random neon. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that was a good sign when we are on acid. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's how I did the bad face and the good face, dude. That's, dude. The Blue Neon Light sets moods. The mood setter. There's a little bit of Blue Neon in this film. There is uh, the elevator specifically. Yeah, he's at the in the elevator at the end. Yeah. This would be Better Luck Tomorrow, directed by Justin Lin. This, I guess, it's technically his it's his director. third film, but he did uh, he co-directed a film uh, before this, and then directed a short documentary. So, so this like, is his first solo shot directorial debut in terms ahead, of like feature, feature length. Film. Yeah, which ends a nice like hour and thirty three minutes, like. Yeah, nice. Yeah, under 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 a hundred. Yeah, which has been a real change up from most of the movies we watch. Yeah, we, even Hurricane we Heist was longer than that. Ones. Yeah, Hurricane Heist was like one forty five, I think. Yeah, fucking Tomb Raider, which we saw earlier, which uh, Bruce and uh, Tony also saw that. Yeah, I heard them in the back of the so theater. They were hooping and hooting and hollering, and then and they locked us in their trunk. Yeah, that was that was super fucked up, but uh, at least they let us out. Yeah, I mean, they, they came upstairs. I thought maybe they were going to drive us somewhere and kill us, but... Well, and it was when we got down here, I was like, we're walking down the stairs, and I was like, what the fuck did they do? And I just expected to come find, like, everything was on fire, like, Hooch was dead. No, the only thing was Hooch was spray-painted green. I don't know why, but... <laughs> I, I still don't get that, I but... don't understand, but he looks cool. He does. It was St. Patrick's Day. He looks like a cool little... Yesterday. He almost looks like his uh, father's namesake, namesake, Yoda. Yoda. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, hey, these glasses have a little thing on the side. I guess it's for yeah. your finger. Is that like a typical wine that, glass? Thing? That's a typical wine glass. Thing. I've never been to a wine tasting, so. And see, here's the thing: is I wish it came with more beer glasses because I feel like it's there only because people get drunk and then drop their drink because they loosen too many yeah. fingers. But if you have that one that's in that, that indent, little, that little hole, yeah. yeah, it's always saving. It's like wine shouldn't have the Slip exclusivity rights. It's like uh, on a baseball glove when you got the little slot to put your pointer finger through. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I love how... So we're digging this? We're feeling this? This is a good... I like uh, this beer. This is a good sipper. It is. It's, again, it's that similar... That Kona that we got last week was a chugger. Those were easy to chug. Those were very easy to chug. But this is also... This is a sipper, but it's also light enough that I could see having this on a hot day as well. Yeah. Where this would be refreshing. Yeah, Absolutely. Namaste White, the old dogfish. I believe they brew it in Delaware. Yeah, it's Delaware. Milton, Delaware. Don't know where Milton is, but Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley, brewed by Milton Bradley himself. They're making they're making monopolies and no, Namaste. He's frozen on ice, dude. Milton Bradley himself. <laughs> Him and Disney just they're gonna raise the next uh, Nazi party when they get unfrozen. They're gonna be raised from the dead like necromancy. And also, I just want to apologize. Tell anyone listen, in case it picks it up, I haven't had a real cigarette in three days, so I'm vaping. I apologize for the sound. I'll probably be able to cut back on this by next week, but right now, especially after watching this film where everybody is smoking this, cigarettes. Especially Han. Every fucking scene. Every scene. I think there's one scene where Han wasn't smoking, too. There's two. 
The first one, he's in the liquor store and he's yes. buying beer because you can't smoke in the liquor store. Yes. The second is when he's getting his school photo at the end. Oh, no. Okay, so then there's four. Four? There's four. Because then you have the one where they're in the house and they're doing the drinking game, answering questions. And he takes the bottle and chugs he it. He chugs the bottle. And but then, then he that ends. He doesn't light it. He just gets it in his mouth. Oh yeah, and then, it cuts and then away. Derek tries to he tries to keep him from lighting, and he goes, "You're gonna you explode! explode. Yeah. You're gonna explode, man!" Yeah. What, what uh, was the fourth? Oh, when they're inside doing their first little heist, they're in the electronics store. Okay, he's not smoking. Is he there. smoking? He's probably not smoking when they walk through John Cho's house then, and probably not in the garage at the end. This is something we should have kept track of. You're right, yeah. In the Fast also... movies, we kept track of the scenes where he was eating. He's definitely good... smoking a lot more than he was eating. Yeah. <laughs> like, he this, is. He was like a two-pack a day, at least, smoker. Giselle called it. He was just chain smoking. She said, Fresh like, the way you have to keep your, like, fingers oh. busy or whatever. She's like, let me guess, two packs a day? Better luck tomorrow. So what is this about? Well, give me your log line. My log line. My... If you were to pitch this, uh, say I'm a Hollywood bigwig, I'm a fat cat, I'm sitting in a boardroom, I'm smoking a cigar, the big cigar, got my feet kicked up on the table, I got a broad at my side, I'm squeezing her... her You're grabbing her, her pussy? I'm grabbing her buttocks. Like Mark Cuban style, finger down the back of the pants. Yeah, and then like a nice little finger in either yeah, the, the pink or the stink. Yeah, and I'm, I'm puffing the big cigar and I'm going, all right, let me see what you got, kid. So it's a movie about a group of Asian American friends mm. who... Uh, Asian American, I like that. Who are very uh, marginalized in a way, but find their fun through breaking the law and and doing things that are illegal because they already have such an airtight alibi with being the the maths geniuses and they're all heads of clubs or they all fit like an Asian stereotype and they're all doing so well that it makes it very easy to get away with murder. Holy hell. That's more pitch than a long line, I guess. Yeah, it is. That is... A log line would be like, uh, the Asian what's his kids? name, Brian? No, not Brian. No, ben. Ben. Ben Solo. Ben and his pals, a group of Asian American students at a high school in, uh, uh, where are they at? Is it just... In Alhambra. 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 Uh, under the guise of their... Educational prowess. Prowess. Commit petty crimes and get into murder. <laughs> Bad deeds. See, yeah, that's, I don't know. And that's why you said do a log line. I was like, I'm just gonna it's, do a it's summary. <laughs> tough. Yeah. Well, it's 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 an indie film, so it's a lot of like just kind of dragging its feet and character moments. It's not really plot driven. It's not at all. Say. It is it is much more character driven than yeah. it is plot driven, and it's it's interesting because I think that it really does this type of filmmaking shines through and is what makes his Fast and the Furious movies so fucking good. Yeah, you can see a lot of, especially Tokyo Drift in yep. this one. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. literally in the elevator scene at the end, I was like, yo. That's some, like, Tokyo Drift and Han's getting in the elevator, eating yeah. it, and the camera yeah. pushes forward. Oh, yeah, a lot of the camera movement, you can tell it's 
you, there's also those like first feature and like yeah. early 2000s indie ticks where well, it's like the here's him probably pulling a favor with his friend who's a DP versus Tokyo Drift he's got a real DP you know what I mean like Dude, you just, I hit the corner of my cup. That's why I need a bottle. <laughs> Baby needs baba. Oh no! You look like you like. It doesn't even look like you pissed yourself. It looks like someone, someone pissed, pissed on, on me, you yeah. to make the joke that you pissed yourself. I got slimed. Slime time live. Oh man! You better not get pulled That's over. Embarrassing. Today. I know. Yeah, I need to like hose myself down or something. All right, there you go. Get There's your tongue a, in there. Yeah, I'll just lick it up. I'll lap oh, it up. Oh man. Um, I was gonna say I had forgotten that this was an MTV film production, but a lot of the effects are like the MTV effects of that era. Which is like, there's many effects. He does a very good not, job. Not, of... I don't mean special effects, but like the 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 camera effects, like a lot of the, like the spinning around and the. Well, they didn't. The they didn't have any involvement with it. They they distributed it. Yes, I know. I'm saying though, it's very similar to that sort of. Well, I think that they was kind of the, the MTV style of right. cutting. Yeah. But I think that was also kind of the indie style of the time. This is 2002. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it's like your fake Michael Bay moments almost. Like, yeah. Your Michael Fay. Michael Fay. Hello. <laughs> We're going to throw some explosions on this. <laughs> Thanks. Well, Thanks. We, All right, guys. We get Foo Fang, so. Foo Fang. Fake Liu Kang. Yeah, so our main characters are Ben. What's his name? Brian. <laughs> Brian O'Connor. He's he's the Brian O'Connor of the group, really. Well, let's save our our Lord and Savior for last. Okay, because I'd like to discuss. So we got we got Ben. Yeah, Ben. Ben's kind of a goofy little guy. Yeah, he's he's really the most like prim and proper of them all. Yeah. Um. He's your audience cipher because he's kind of the uh... like he's doing these these jobs at the start where like they're buying electronics and then returning them for like a markup type of deal. I don't think they were returning them for a markup. We'll 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 get into that. But he's doing like these little heists because it's like it makes him feel a little on edge. Like he's not. It gets right, him out of yeah, his everyday. Yeah, the whole thing is like we can go to study hall and yeah. we get as long as our grades are up, we can stay out till four in the morning doing whatever, yeah. and nobody ever suspects it because we're the nice straight A students, Asian kids. So they're they're almost using some sort of like strange like racial privilege they're, that we don't yes. even think about. Yeah, they're to, using the um, the stereotypes to their advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, they're using racism to their advantage. God bless yeah, them. Really? Yeah, they're they're taking yeah. advantage of of racism. racial prejudice. That's yeah. which God. That's that's the way to fucking do it. The American way. Yeah. Um, and then you have Virgil, who's basically like his dumb best friend. Yeah, the way he describes him is he's the the dog who keeps shitting on the carpet. He's the but, puppy. Yeah. Which the... he he's basically Marty. Should we tell the people about Marty? Yeah. So it, there was a point. Um... You all know about Hooch, if you're yeah. a regular listener. Hooch I've, is our beloved Our pub mascot. Friend. Yeah. I've had Hooch for seven years, uh, and then I lived with this guy, Safe, who's a really good friend of mine, and he got a pug named Marty, uh, after Marty McFly, and after like a year, he just, his work schedule didn't allow him to give him the upbringing he needed, so he was looking for a home. Um, because he just, he realized he couldn't, 
give him the home and, and the life that he deserved, which God bless him for like realizing that most people would just let a dog suffer. Um, so he was talking to me about it and I was like, well, he's from Virginia and he traveled back and was like, well, I'll bring him with me if you want to have him. And I was like, yeah, like, fuck it. I broke hooch. I can break any dog. Little did I realize that I just got very lucky with hooch and that hooch is unlike any other dog. Um, and so he brings me Marty and I'm like, awesome. Him and hooch get along awesomely. Uh, hooch was just like the older brother who'd just like shit him. He was the Sun Kang to the, he was the Han to the Virgil. He was the Han to the Virgil. Yeah. He really are hooch and Marty. Yeah. And so, uh, but then Marty had this issue where like he would piss and shit everywhere and even I could walk him, and it's always, there's this moment that I always remember that I had just walked him and Hooch. I had, like, actually taken them on, like, a nice walk, trying to, like, drain their asses. And I bring him in, and then Hooch comes up to me as, like, I want love. And so I'm, I'm petting Hooch. And Marty, who had, like, gone run around, he went upstairs and then back down. He sees me, like, giving Hooch attention, and he walks right up to my bookcase and just looks at me and lifts his leg and just pisses, like, right on my bookcase. And I was just like, yeah, you you know right from wrong. You're just an asshole. He's a little demon dog. And that was, that's Virgil. Like, Virgil just never knows when to quit. Never yeah. knows when he's getting ahead. He's got no off switch. Yeah, and it's... But then, fortunately for Marty, uh, Safe's older brother, who, like, has a wife and kids, fell in love with Marty when he had visited... And he was more than happy to take him. And Marty's fucking thriving now. Just gotta find that sweet spot, baby. He's got two. He's got two young boys that are just They're like running his around. ass ragged. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not me coming home from work at five, and I'm like, like Marty, settle down. Yeah, dude. like, dude, give me a break. <laughs> like, I'm tired. Yeah. So yeah, he's Virgil is the Marty. He's uh, the way I always thought of Marty. He was like the nega hooch. Yeah, like hooch is tan. He's shadow hooch. Hooch is tan, and Marty is black as night yeah and uh, my mom used to call him samuel l jackson <laughs> which like one of the most racist things she ever said she like swore that marty looked like sam jackson i'm like mom he looks no he looks nothing like a, he looks like a dog <laughs> he, he looks like a black pug he looks like a black pug um but yeah it's they did have like the complete opposite personalities where like and it was i felt bad because marty was a very sweet dog and a very good dog yeah, oh no, he was definitely very loving. Like, he would climb on you and he'd yeah. want, you know. He'd always wanted attention, always wanted yeah. loving, but... He liked to snuggle. Yeah, but Hooch was... Hooch is MVP. Hooch is GOAT. Like... There really is no dog I've ever met like Hooch. The same. I mean, even, like, in his blindness. He's in bed, dude. He's out. He's God, like... Hooch. Dude gets diabetes and goes blind, and I'm like, oh, this is it. His life is, like, ruined. And he's like, no, I'll get the hang of it. He's gets like, the hang of it. He's like, back to normal. Yeah, I'm hooch. Yeah, it's he suddenly has a different bathroom schedule and like there's like weird little things that have changed about him since it all. But he's still just the same little boss, little Matt Murdock dog. And that is Han. But first, we introduce uh, who's the what was the journalist's name? Derek. Derek. He's kind of got the Liu Kang haircut going on. He's Fu Fang. He's Fu Fang, and he's uh, a pompous cunt. He is a little bit of a prick, yeah. He's a big time prick. He's the one who kind of introduces like taking advantage of things and like using blackmail. And because uh, Ben brings up the joke, he's like, "Well, he was like, who, Derek was like, who cares what anyone thinks?" And Ben was like, "Oh, really? Well, like they think that you uh, sucked like whatever the guy's name was, Dick, for your editorial job." 
Yeah. And he's like, but I'm editor, aren't I? And then he writes this uh, oh, kind of like a hit piece. It almost, is. Where he's trying to accuse the basketball team, I guess, of affirmative action. Like, that's yeah. the only reason that Ben's on the team. Even though this man's been doing statistics on, like, his improvement. Yeah, he's nailing free throws. And he's, like, taking note and, like, doing the stats math. He's moneyballing it, yeah. dude. Yeah, he is. He's Benny Bean. And, uh, yeah, but this guy just, he needed something. So- he's the he's the uh, gawker of this movie. Gawker. Derek is gawker. If he's gawker, who's the Peter Thiel? That brings him down through his powerful, deep, bottomless pockets. Turns out to be Virgil, but his bottomless pockets are his bottomless brains. (laughs) (laughs) Virgil's a real numbskull. That joke will make sense towards the end. Oh, man. (laughs) This kid's a fucking goon. And then wetness on my dick is throwing me off. And then... I'm going to have to do some laundry tonight. And then we get to Han. Han, the way he's introduced is like almost Justin Lin's audition just for Fast and Furious. He's leaning against this muscle car, smoking a cigarette. And it's, it's like, like this, a fuck, this push it, in. It's an old 80s like Mustang. Yeah. Like burnt orange. Ooh, Sienna. And yeah, he's go ahead. So he's, he's leaning back. He's just leaning back, smoking a cigarette, and he fucking flicks it into the camera. And he's like, hello, ladies. Whatever the hell he says. Well, dude, no, he hits Virgil with it. Oh, does he flick it at him at the beginning? Yeah, he flicks it at... It's like... His introductory is he just flicks cigarettes at people. Rather than putting Mostly them just Virgil. Yeah, pretty he much. He picks on Virgil, because Virgil's his cousin. Right? Yeah, his younger cousin. Yeah. They mentioned later that Han had, like, gotten suspended from school, and I didn't even realize he was a student at the time. I, I thought, thought his was... character was supposed to be, like, a little bit older, out of school. I thought something. he was, like, 19. I thought he was supposed to be, like, the McConaughey in Days to Confuse. Yes. Like, he had Asian never he had never gone to college, and yeah. he just hung around, like, hung with around Virgil, with, yeah. basically. But, yeah, he went to school. He just apparently skipped a lot of classes. And they get into all sorts of shenanigans. You, you were confused by their scheme. It is, because it opens with... Like, Ben introduces where he's like, oh, Virgil, my best friend. And he's like, and his cousin Han, who got us into, like, some shady stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's so, they bought a bunch of electronics, like $480 worth of computer parts. Right. And they went and put it in the trunk. Right. Then they, Han demanded that Virgil know what color stickers they were using. They're yes. using orange. He goes in, and then everything they're putting in the cart, he's putting the stickers back on. Yes. And then they go and use the receipt that they had just used. Because they wait for the cashier to change, and they return those parts. Yeah. So how are they making... Are they just getting their full money back and then selling the parts? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's shot a little weird. Like, it's not very thoroughly explained. The thing that they don't seem to focus on that's important is i think when you buy the items they put the sticker on them it's like when you're oh you don't don't have a bag or anything so when you bring them out to the parking lot you go oh okay there's a sticker on that you purchase that you just walk out with that that makes sense that's why they need the orange stickers they go and put the shit on the same items bring it back see they're essentially just getting the items for free yeah and see that's what threw me off were the stickers yeah, the sticker part is it just I'm like, what does that mean? It like, must be some kind of old weird Circuit City policy. Some 2002 Circuit City yeah. shit. The Circuit City here in our town was 
just weird and out of the way. It was super out of the way. It was like you couldn't even see it from the street. No, yeah, you could see it from the highway, man. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd you go, go through like trees. Yeah, yeah. You had to go back into this weird development, like past the Sam's Club. Yeah. It was strange. I remember we used to go steal from there all the time. I don't know what's even back there anymore. Honestly, I don't even know if I could go find it right now. Like it's, if if I went driving, I'm not sure that I could like easily locate it's that. It's on 85 across from the uh the sheets and the shell. Okay. Like right by the Valero. Oh yeah. Oh oh okay. Yeah, and there's like some other shutdown shit right there. There's like the old Exxon or whatever, like a little bit further yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That whole like that whole area died. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. like a plague hit it. It's just, it's a strange area. It's not good for traffic. Yeah. And it's, I mean, at the same time, I mean, I feel like they did what we did here in Frederick, where it's like, we used to steal from there all the time. Like, Circuit City was, like, so easy to rob. Was it just a shove stuff in your pants sort of deal, or? It was that, and then also they would hire people that we went to school with. Oh, so it's like, and it would be like, walk out. throw it in the trash, okay. take the trash out, ah. and then we open the trash. Oh. Yeah. My my biggest uh, my thievery was uh, at Sheets Tony Sheets shout yeah. out. I would go in there like drunk as hell, and I would buy like a couple candy bars or whatever, and I would order some like made to order food blah blah blah. You get the made to order ticket, you bring it to the front counter, you give it to them, and then they give you a bag, and then right. you take the bag and you just start throwing shit in there, bang 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 bang. So you walk out with like you know. <laughs> Fifty, sixty dollars worth of stuff, and you only paid six or seven six for some bucks. food. Yeah. Well, Michael was the king of it back in high school. He would always wear cargo shorts because he was a lot heavier set back then. Yeah, you get them pockets, boy. So he couldn't wear a lot of jeans. He'd wear these cargo shorts, and dude, the pockets. He would go in, and I think his record was he stole like something like fifteen Red Bulls. Like, <laughs> it was it was absurd. I. And this it's is like a Rob Liefeld drawing, dude. Yes. Well, and this is why I related to this movie so much, because especially he goes, what were we supposed to do? It was suburbia. And he, like, puts his shoebox full of money back under. I know that life. Like, I'm not Asian, but, like, growing up in suburbia does where it's like, you've got it just good enough mm-hmm. that there is something intriguing about that other side of life. Yeah. And it's, they're the, they there, take there is- it all the, the way. Yeah, there's this interesting balance of class, like, where they're middle class, and then yeah. John Cho's character is super, super rich. Yep. And that seems to be where a lot of their disdain for him comes from, because he's really not a terrible guy. He cheats on his girl. He cheats on his girl, but, but what high school guy didn't, am I right, fellas? <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's just, that's um, such a mundane thing to really, truly and hate And they really only over. show it once, and it's from a distance, so we don't yeah. know entirely that it's him, because I don't he think... He could have been flirting. That could have been, like, he's in this yeah. club, maybe that's who he flirts with. I don't think... Does Ben ever accuse him of it, or does no. he ever tell the girl? Nope. No. So we don't even know if it is even him. Maybe yeah. he's just, he just... I saw a vision. It was an oasis, or whatever. Well, he tells him... He tells... Uh, he tells John Cho's character at some point, uh, when he gets out of the car and shoves him after he finds out he's taking Stephanie to the formal, he's like, what, is this about the formal? He goes, yeah, and I saw you in your Barbie, but I'm not gonna say anything. That's what, and she's credited as his name as, is Steve. Right? Yeah, Steve's, Steve's Barbie. Barbie in the credits, which I guess Barbie is like some L.A. term for like the chick, like white chick, maybe. I I think they're just <clears throat> like white blonde, like, like Barbie doll. Well, yeah, but it seemed like she was like a white blonde chick. Yeah, and so I'm wondering if that's like a. I'm just curious where the term Barbie comes from. <clears throat> from Barbie doll. 
No shit, Dave. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess, what does it mean to say that? Like, does it mean, like, the side chick? It just means it's a Barbie. She looks like Barbie. Okay, yes, it could. <laughs> I don't know. But no, it seemed the way that they toss it around, because that's what I thought at first, too, where I'm like, oh, they're just, like, calling her Barbie because she looks like Barbie. The way they threw it around, everyone knew what it meant just by saying Barbie. Oh, it's uh, it's Australian slang for barbecue. Oh, okay, that explains it. Yeah. Oh, so I saw your barbecue. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, they, they, uh, they really, really hate him, mostly because of the fact that he's rich. Yeah. And that is a, it is fun to play with, like, the class. Because at first you think that Derek is that. Which he kind of is. Yeah. But his parents are, like, gone all the time, it seems. Because he's yeah, throwing he, parties. He, he invites, like, the, the decathlon kids over yeah. and they get drunk. And fucking, dude, it looks like they have some bomb-ass parties. They're, like, pounding, like, fucking Jose Cuervo or something. Which, God Han... Everyone's taking shots. You get a quick little montage of everybody. They have to take a shot and answer the decathlon question real quick. And then it cuts to Han. He chugs like half the bottle. <laughs> tries to smoke a cigarette. And Derek's like, yeah. you can't do that. You're going to explode. Like methane gas. Um, anyway, as to our discussion about class, there's this interesting bit where they go to, I guess it's like the white jock party. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you don't need an invite. Everybody's drunk. Like, you just go in yeah. and show up. You know, it's like the shit that we grew up yeah, with. I, yeah, I've been to a million parties like that. Yep. And then, um, like, the white dudes are making fun of them. They're, hey, Chinese boy, where the fuck? And what, what are you doing here? They're making, like, nerd jokes. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're you know, stereotypical Asian sort of thing. And then... Um, Derek he, Derek whoops the guy's ass, pulls the gun on him, sticks it to his head, and he's like, doesn't blow your fucking face off. Doesn't quite whoop his ass. There's they a, get in a shoving match. Yes. The dude gets a good hit, but then God Derek out of nowhere comes pulls in. Pulls a gun, yeah. Well, no, he swings, he clocks him good, knocks him to the ground, and then pulls the gun on him. And then uh, he, Virgil and Ben get some hits in. Anyway, the point I was trying to make is they leave this party, they're driving silently down the road and Virgil's talking shit or whatever and then these like Hispanic gang bangs and there's an Asian in there is there because I got I was like are these all Hispanic dudes and it cut to like one random Asian guy and then they're all like it was weird. They're just threatening them from the car. And, and they, the they audio pull out, like, gets weird. Uzi. Yeah, the audio drops and you can just hear Virgil and everybody's sort of like... Like eyeballing these this guy. Like I thought they were going to come back. I thought it was some kind of like weird yeah, foreshadowing. It, I guess it was making some sort of point about like... You thought you were tough with these suburban kids, but then here's these actual dudes who are... Well, and that makes sense, because Virgil the whole time is going on about, like, how badass it yeah. was. You had a gun to and his then, head. And then they finally drive off, and it cuts back, and Virgil's like, oh, my, what gonna, if my dad finds out? I'm yeah. gonna go to juvie. Yeah. No, that is... That wasn't necessarily trying to go through that scene step-by-step, step, but, like... There is something about the class in how that fight goes down, and that turns out that this is the group from this class that's like, they're not the ones to fuck with. And it's also the introduction to the gunplay that they seem to, like, all of a sudden become obsessed with, like, especially Virgil. Yeah. Because Virgil is Yeah, just... like, that's the moment where it takes this sharp turn, yep. and Virgil... It Tokyo drifts its way. It Tokyo drifts... He is in Tokyo Drift, Virgil. Oh, is he? Yeah, I was Who? looking at IMDb. He's like one of Han's buddies. Mm. 
Okay, like hanging he, out. In he hangs out in the shop. The fuck pod shop. I think he's one of the guys who's like watching him drift when. Uh, yeah. Lucas Black is. That's what's up. Testing out. Good on Justin. So Lynn Justin, for... he's he's sticking true to his boys. He's got Virgil in he there. He brings he's them got in. Han in there. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's there are so many little things where like there would be these mistakes that I'd like kind of like be like ah fuck you know like camera mistakes. But in in general, like, I saw that it's like, man, if he just had a better crew and a better DP, he's got the ideas there. It's very raw. There's yeah, yeah it is it is very like raw fucking Lynn because there's these great like music cues that fall flat because the music sucks. Yeah. But yeah. like, what can you do? You're getting like local Alabama. That sounded like a brand. demon was coming out of you. You went <laughs> demon <laughs> ride. <laughs> Demon ride. No demon rides in this movie as far as I know. No. I could see these guys going on a demon ride. Virgil should have gone on a demon ride. Virgil, he would have loved it. But yeah, so... We get through, like, this class kind of introduction. And then it's like... their, Their hustle becomes so fucking aggressive out of nowhere... They really do go zero to one hundred real quick, as Drake would say. Well, like I mentioned, I was like, "God damn!" They, they skipped, skipped weed, pot. yeah, and they went right into straight to dealing cocaine. Not even dealing, like fucking blasting it twenty four seven. They are on it twenty four seven, which I think Han wasn't. Han, we never saw do lines. He smoked joints and he would get drunk and yep. he would smoke cigarettes, obviously. But yeah, I don't know if he was ever on coke. I I, I can't recall like him ever doing bumps, like. Everyone else is, like, a fucking vacuum cleaner on mirrors, like... It's like I'm a mirror, and you're staring back at me! This is so... We're gonna start doing, like, musical things every once in a while, because we had the, Yeah, uh, we should do an all-musical episode. The Kiss by a Rose, uh... Baby. Where I blew out the speakers. Yeah. We had the, uh... We came up with the Hurricane Heist theme last week. We did. Start introducing musical musical segments. Yeah, we'll have a musical number at the end every week. That'd be great, I'm sure. You guys would love that. But this film, like, what I really like about it is... It's, it's edited really oddly. Like, when you usually have films that are uh, taking place out of chronology of, of the film, <clears throat> they try to make it, like, really painstakingly obvious. Uh-huh. And I feel like Justin Lin, like, doesn't really care. He's like, either you got that this opening scene is at the end of the film, or you don't. Or like, yeah, I made a note about that. It was like that in media res opening where they always start and then they'll show something super dramatic, and then we cut back to the beginning of the story. It's like, how are we gonna get there? And they even do sort of like, I guess it wasn't cliche at the time, but it's sort of aided to this cliche yeah. where. You'll get the freeze frame in the actor's face, and it'd be like, "Yep, I bet you're wondering how you got here." Yes, and they they do that with the, like the narration. Of they the do character. it, yeah. but his dialogue isn't so direct. Almost like it is all very like I, I don't know how to word it. Like it's just it's not in your face, but it's also not. It's like oddly subtle. There's, like, an odd subtlety to, like, all of his, like, time changes, like, throughout the edit. That there isn't some weird VO that technically is like, oh, well, and here we are three weeks later. Well, it does say at the beginning, after they find uh, John Cho's dead body, it says, like, four months earlier. Four months earlier, but 
but they do it a few times. The, yeah, the there film. there are some shifts. Like at the end when he's at the New Year's Eve yeah. party, and, and he's they, he's looking at uh, oh God, what's the girl's name? I can't remember. Stephanie. 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 Something. Something or other. Which I'm pretty sure we were alluded to. She was adopted <clears throat> because a little white boy answers the door, and then like either he's adopted or she's adopted. Like somebody's adopted. Yeah. But there's a random little white boy that's her little brother. Anyway, what I was going to say was yeah, that sorry. <laughs> they were at the party and he's looking at her and then we're cutting back and forth to the murder of John Cho's character. As, like, guys go up to talk to her and shit. Yeah. But it is, it, it is very, like, interesting. Like, he's definitely... He's definitely being, like, experimental and trying to push things. Like, he's he's not trying to be clumped in as, like, all the same. What it reminded me a lot of was, like, Wong Kar Wai's 90 films. Like, if, have you ever seen Chunking Express? Yeah. Okay, That's, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I definitely got that vibe from that, like... Yeah, that... That makes sense. It's sort of like this manic style and a lot of handheld work yep. and... Was this shot on? Was this shot on like mini DV? I dude, I maybe not mini DV, but definitely like at most. Um, uh, what are they? P two cards, I think they were called. It's it's ugly. It was it's, a. It's, it's it seems like very it is early. Very like, ugly. Yeah. There's and, and I was gonna get that. There's like several things that I think why it's a. I think I think it shot. I think they were called P two, but it's it was it the Panasonic HVX like two hundred you. They thought that they were all the rage and, like, these cards were going to be the next thing. Right. And then everyone was like, well, we can just use, like, cards that already exist. We don't need this proprietary, like, card that's overly expensive for, like, 28 gigs or whatever. And I think it shot on something like that. <clears throat> and then I also think, like, his DP... His DP was just, unfortunately, garbage. Yeah, you're not high on this DP. There's... there's no, I, I, I wasn't the whole film. There's... And here's the thing, I don't know if I can blame the DP entirely. Because there's a lot of scenes that feel like they're just gorilla. When they're in the market, uh, stealing the computer. Yeah, you get that shot from inside the shopping cart. Inside the cart, yeah. Where I feel like they were just shooting on a business day, but like not being obvious right. about it. Um, and there's also like the park scenes with the, the they're shooting the hoops. Yeah. You know, there's there's really like weird lighting where I'm like... The sky especially looks yep, really bad. Because it's all white balance. Yeah. And it makes me think that there's a lot of this where they didn't have any lights at all. Yeah. That they were just using natural lighting and maybe a bounce. Yeah. And it shows, and so I don't think the film at all, like, I think when he was in the edit bay, he's like, this isn't this isn't going to do well based on how it looks. So we have to do something creative with the story. And I wonder if that's where this kind of weird the edit... The disjunctive yeah. jumping around editing came from, yeah. Because there is something about his DP that just the whole movie like I would I'd be enjoying myself and I'd be like irked out by some scene where I'm like fuck you like you, you just jerked me out of it like at the same time I found it kind of charming where I was like it is it's it's this definitely like I'm broke as shit and I'm filming this it on definitely string it definitely made me go god damn it Dave we were born like five years too late like we've been born a little bit earlier we could have actually shot something that could have sold somewhere. Because nowadays you have such high quality equipment at yeah. such a low cost, like the, the the consumer cost is 
nothing anymore that's... I mean, you got Steven Soderbergh shooting mainstream films on iPhones. On iPhone. It's yeah. coming out next weekend. Yeah. Unsane, like, I'll be there. Yeah, like, it just... You have shit like this where it's just like, fuck, like... You can't do the Kevin Smith, the Justin Lin. It like, did have sort of a Robert Kevin Wright. Smith thing to it, it where, like, they have the uh, the definitions of the words pop yep. up to separate the acts. That yep. definitely reminded me of Clerks. Yep. Uh, and, and I actually enjoyed that, though, because each word, like, dealt with the act. Yeah, it was very thematically appropriate. More so than, like, Clerks' like, weird... Syntax. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. it's... So, the Clerks was mostly all about language, and this was more thematically... Yeah. Like, Quixotic. I love uh, I love Kevin Smith. Uh, Clerks is like the reason I ever went into film to begin with. If it weren't for Clerks, I would have never worked in the film industry. Kevin Smith tries to seem smarter than he is, like regularly, and it's like Justin Lin actually seemed smart with like how he did this. I I did have this moment where like it's fun to dunk on Kevin Smith, but then when I saw the post about him like having the heart attack, yeah, dude, like my heart skipped a beat, and I was like, I'm glad he's okay. Seriously, I I love Kevin Smith. Same. Well, that's for me. Like he got me into film, and I don't I don't love all his movies, but I give them all a shot. And uh, um, like Safe worked on Yoga Hosers and got to go to his rap party and tried so hard to get me to come to the point that we were almost like questioning if like we should just say he's gay and like I'd come as his boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, because you could only bring like a significant other. Right. But there was a girl on set that he was interested in, so like uh. I was like I was like yo I'll back off like fuck this would have been my dream but I. I appreciate him already going that step yeah. to, like, consider it. I was like, that's enough for me. But um, not only that, if it weren't for Kevin Smith, I listen to his podcast uh, occasionally. Like, I'm not, like, an avid listener, but I'll pop on episodes here and there of Smodcast. If it weren't for him, I wouldn't have found Kind of Funny, who I actually do, like, listen to religiously. Like, um, So it's, Ooh. like, Kevin Smith has continued throughout, like, since I was 14 to 29, been, like... A weirdly consistent influence in my life. He's a big force. Yes, he is. He is the force. He's the, he's the Ben Kenobi to your Luke Skywalker. He's the sacred text. <laughs> the sacred text. <laughs> no. When the heart attack happened, I was like, not the, the sacred sa- text. Oh man. Uh, let's take a short break. How's that? Yeah, sound? please. I got to piss. Yeah, I have to take a leak too. Hi, I'm Paul Walker, starring in The Fast and the Furious. All the racing stunts in our film are performed in a staged environment by professionals with years of training and experience. So with that in mind, be smart, drive safe, and stay legal. Welcome back to Pod Fast and Pod Furious. I'm Dave Bowden, and I am a little bit drunk. <laughs> but you already know that. And I'm Chance, and I'm just drinking beer out of a sweet Hurricane Heist cup, and I'm fucking enjoying myself. Our theater, after one week, is already down to only one screening per day of the Hurricane Heist. Really? Yeah. It's like a 9 o'clock showing or something. That sucks. That was a fun film. It just, it made dog shit money, dude. It was like 3 million bucks. Because everyone's going to see fucking Black Panthers. Black Panther. Yeah, five straight weeks at number one, I believe. That's, I mean, dude, fucking God bless Ryan Coogler. That's my boy. Like, I'm so happy for him. I just wish he wasn't now tied up in the Disney Marvel fucking contractual. Like, I'm sorry, Black Panther's done. Why couldn't you do fucking Creed 2? 
Yeah, has it hasn't even started filming yet. Creed two yeah. just started filming last week. Yeah, it just started filming. You He's could, free. His press junk is done. You could have jumped on a big dog. He just couldn't have done the the pre production. Like he would have had to have been very loosely involved with pre production. I think but, that would have hurt then because he seems like a guy who's really uh, he's very meticulous. Yeah. But at the same time, why couldn't we have just pushed shooting? Meticulous was one of the words in Better Luck Tomorrow well, that showed up as a little, was. Uh, uh, subtitle. But like, why couldn't he have pushed then? Like, I don't need Creed. It to seems like November. they wanted it out at a certain date. The studio did. Hey, That's buddy, fine. Okay. The fans want Coogler. We want Coogler. Should have made it work. But I trust him. It brought, Michael B. Jordan and him fucking handpicked this director. I trust them. Yeah, it's like one of Ryan Coogler's film school buddies. Yeah, like I, I, I trust like that. I don't trust like that. Um. I want to talk about some of the uh, Fast and Furious connections in Better Luck Tomorrow. Because we've already, we've got Justin Lin, director. Yes. we got Sung Kang Han. Plays Han. Han Hu instead of Han Lu. Or Han Lu instead of Han Hu. And Han Solo is his uh, pseudonym. His fake name, yeah. Fast Five. Yeah. You got uh, Virgil, as I mentioned, was in Tokyo Drift. Uh, there is, let me pull up my phone. There is a Fast and Furious reference, sort of, in the kind dialogue. Of, yeah, it, when they're walking through school, and after this is after they've started beating people up and selling drugs, he says, "Rumors about us started swirling fast and furious." Yeah, and it was amazingly like I, I feel like he foreshadowed his own career without meaning to. Yeah, and there's also a Tokyo reference. Yeah, when uh, he's like Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, they're they're answering. They're doing their decathlon practice, and the Tokyo is an answer. Yep. Yeah, it was um, Chimp Boy. Virgil. Virgil. Virgil, I'm sorry, looks remarkably like uh, Steve Zahn's character from War for the Planet of the Apes. Bad Ape! Yes, yeah, he, he looks ape. remarkably like Bad <laughs> yeah, Ape. Yeah, I mean... I, I, went, I think we mentioned it last got, week. He's got apish features. Yeah, I think we mentioned it last week. I went on a fucking all-ape fucking like week spree. You went I ape watched, wild. I went ape wild. I watched all eight movies and... This whole film, I was like, yo, that's bad ape. Yeah. And dude, guess what? Virgil was a bad ape. <laughs> he was a bad little boy. I, I, I felt bad for Virgil. The one scene that made me really feel bad for Virgil is they have the, um, it's like selling candy bars. It's some co- sort of like yeah. uh, charity thing or whatever. Uh, he know. was constantly it's doing It's one like... of those things where you go door to door and it's like you sell this and you get an amount and you get a prize if you sell so many fucking and he things. And his, he got his dope CD player. He, he cheated. Yes. He had all the candy bars in his locker. And he gets his CD player, and then immediately Ben breaks it. They're, they're fucking around. They're horsing they're, around. They're horsing about. <laughs> and Ben, like... Ben's yanking his chain. Very poorly trips. It's it, it's a goofy-looking scene and shot. It where is. It's like, it goes around the locker, and it's like, ha, 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 I've got your CD player. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, Justin didn't have enough time to... To block the scene properly. Right, so it's like, all right, but let, me, the, let me just get this master where we go. Well, no, the camera work is beautiful. It's, it, it goes up and around. No, it just slides. Yeah, it goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It come, no, it just it dollies across. <laughs> it's you're on one lane of the lockers, and they run off, and they're crossing the other set, and we dolly over to the other row, and then he comes and, like... Yeah, it looks fumbles. like this. It looks a little bit like the shot in the room where Peter is going after the football and yes. he trips and then he yes. falls toward that's, the camera. The acting is very similar. Yeah. 
But I felt really bad for Virgil in that scene because so, it was like, yeah, he cheated, but he earned that CD player, and that's and it why made him he, happy. Yeah, and in like this group of like kids that are really just looking for happiness, as like John Cho's and Ben's conversation kind of reveals. Um, when the, yeah, when they're on the basketball court together. No, no, when they're doing the baseball, the that's what it is. The yeah, batting is, cage yeah, and fucking Ben's all coked out. Yeah. Um, it is this, this kind of thing where it's like Virgil's been this character who's been picked on and shit on the entire time, and now right. everyone's getting to their head that they're badasses. And then so he breaks a CD player, and then fucking Ben just throws like 300 bucks at him. He's like, here, go buy four. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like, that's how you treat your bro. It doesn't matter that he could go, he, Virgil could go buy four if he wanted to. You all have the money. Yeah. He just wanted to win. Yeah. And he was, it made him feel good to win. Like, why strip that from him? Poor guy. Which I think it comes back later in, like, his turn. His turn into, like, Ben wants to get out of things, and then he's like, Virgil's like, I'll take over. What starts, it starts with the hooker. Yeah, they they go to Vegas, and they all get a hooker, and that's how uh, Ben Ben loses loses virginity. his V-card is to this hooker. And uh, then Derek goes in, and then... Virgil's in there, and all of a sudden we hear a scream, and everyone jumps up, and Vir- the hooker comes out, and she's like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you all, and Virgil comes out, and he's got this gun in his tidy whitey. He comes waddling out like a penguin. The barrel of the gun is, like, poking through the leg hole. Yeah. Like, he looks absurd. It's amazing, and he's like, she said she wanted it rough. And it's like Virgil's, like, weird infatuation with, like, guns equal power, and so, like... Yeah. He's got this weird power hungry. He's a little bit like Christopher from The Sopranos, where he's obsessed with like this filmic version of uh, yeah gangsterism. Yeah, gangsterism by the Ghetto Boys. And so, but then, like to tie it back to to the whole thing of like Han, this being truly like Han's origin story is like Han spends like most of this movie picking on Virgil. Virgil is the little brother. And it's there isn't a very family motif like there is in the family or Fast and Furious films. Well. He- he every the, cigarette the, he flicks is at Virgil. Yeah, at the end of the day, he's family. Even if he picks on him, he's and that's when Virgil eventually like tries to commit suicide. Han is like all of a sudden like super protective. Mm-hmm. He and, tells Derek, he's like, "Get the fuck out of yep. here before I beat his ass." Yeah, he makes like a the hospital room. Yeah, he makes a grotesque joke about like fucking up his suicide. And, yeah, he's and, what's he going to be retarded now or yeah. something? Yeah, and Han's like, "Get him the fuck out of here before I whoop his ass." Yeah. <laughs> it's like. So it's, Han's like, yeah, I'm picking on Virgil, but that's because that's he's his, my cousin. I yeah. I get to pick on. I've known him and since in, he was a kid. In the fight earlier, when uh, the the gun first gets pulled on that white boy uh, by Derek, the Han is in the, the Letterman one. jacket. Yeah. yeah, Han is the one to break it up. Yeah. Then we have another scene at a party where Virgil almost gets in a fight with someone, and Han breaks it up, and Han grabs Virgil by the fucking throat, he's like choking him out, <laughs> yeah. both hands. It's it, it's weird that Han, who like is introduced as the real badass of the group, seems to be the most conscientious. Yeah, he's the most level-headed, the most morally... Uh, he knows when things are going too far. He has the tightest moral compass of all of them. Yeah. And that, I think, is what uh, endears him to Dominic Toretto. Yes. When Dominic Toretto... I'd assume after this movie, because at the end, they, they kill John Cho's character. John Cho wants to... Rob his parents because he wants to, to teach, teach him a lesson, lesson or something. Whatever the know. fuck that means. I don't know. I guess because they're rich and they're disaffected and they're... They basically yeah. ignore him, I guess. So he's like all yeah, butthurt. Yeah, so he's like, hey, why don't you come in here and rob him? So they fucking 
Ben beats his head in with a baseball bat. On accident. On a- well, not on accident. It's not on- he comes in and the context of the situation is lost on him. Because he, he had gotten the deal where he wanted to be out of it. And so now his agreement was like he was going to be the watch guy. And the rest of them were going to handle it in the garage. And they were just going to beat the shit out of them. Yeah, and that's really Ben's... He's always straddling this moral line where it's like, I want to be involved, but I don't want to be involved. And in the end, he's the like, worst. You're you're still complicit even if you're the fucking lookout, yes. dude. Yeah. yeah, you're still involved. Yeah. And so then a gunshot goes off. Like, John Cho and everybody are fighting for this gun. They shoot the ceiling. And Ben comes running in and is like... Bing! I guess I should grab this baseball bat and beat his fucking skull in. It was Mark McGuire on this dude's fucking dome. Dude, blood splatters all over Han. Ichiro Suzuki. And, uh, he's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> and then Derek has to, like, put a fucking gasoline-soaked rag in his mouth and hold his nose shut. Yeah, and, like, duct tape his mouth shut. And not a pleasant way to go, I gotta no. say. Like, I felt extremely Dude, horrible. Literally watching it, I was like, just hit him with the bat again. Or take the gun and shoot him in the head. Yeah, the, you've already it, fired a gunshot. And yeah, you've not alerted any of the neighbors. Well, why was, you just? Well, my immediate thing was like, why don't you say that he pulled the gun? I assume these are illegal firearms. Yeah. Why not just say that like you had met him and like something was going down? Like, oh, bring up that he gave you these fucking binders with plans to rob his parents. Yeah, he's got these blueprints of yeah. his house. And be like, you all decided not to go along with yeah, it, we, and so he we pulled a gun. It, so he was like, yeah, I'm going to take you out then. We took him to the ground, and then unfortunately our friend hit him in the head with a bat, trying to just get him to drop the gun. Who am I to say, you know what, I wasn't put in this situation. Yeah, no, because I'm not this retarded. But um, there's just, I feel like there were so many ways to handle that situation, and the poor guy gets a fucking gas-soaked rag down the throat. Oh, man. And then gets reincarnated as Harold. Anyway, after that, because Harold and Kumar, we went way off track because I was trying to talk about uh, Han. Han. Yeah. So Han, after this, is uh, like Virgil shoots himself, and Han ends up shaving his head. Yeah. Which I've never seen before. I didn't. I didn't even looks, remember this. Dude, Sun Kang look looks good. so much better with hair. Nah, you need the hair, buddy. She grows it back by fast. Because he's got three. those high cheekbones, that angular face, yeah. and it's like you can't have that that shortcut hair. You know, it made him. Ones. It made him look like a sixty-year-old like Japanese fisherman. Yeah, like he looked like one. He looked like one of the people enslaved in Tomb Raider. <laughs> that Walton Goggins was just <laughs> fire shooting mercilessly, shoving out yeah. of the way. Um, so I like to imagine after this film, Han went down to Mexico. Yeah, he did. He had to. He like. I imagine he just quit school. He oh, yeah, didn't he, even graduate. He, he was just like, "I'm out entirely." It's like. All right, we got a guy buried in the backyard. My cousin's gonna be my found. cousin's brain dead in yeah. the hospital. I'm gone. Like, I'm going to Mexico. See you later. Yeah. And then Toretto pulls up at the line. And They're in a race. Yeah. He goes, "I like your American muscle." Yeah, because he's got this nice fucking '80s Ford. Yeah, and then you know Hans probably smoking a cigarette behind the wheel. You should quit that. You want to race with pink slips? That'll kill you. All right, stop a carrier, man. <laughs> Nerd. Nobody smokes in the Fast universe. I'm trying to think. I think you're right. There, there isn't Even a... in the first one, nobody smokes? No. Nobody smokes. Maybe like an a... extra or something. When we saw Hurricane Heist, there was a trailer for its uh, Chappaquiddick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the Kennedy, Kennedy murdering uh, a chick Ted story. Kennedy or whatever. And the, one of the things in the... <laughs> you know, it's like P- rated PG-13 or whatever for... 
historical smoking Histor- was one of them. And some guy in the back of the theater goes, historical smoking. <laughs> you and I were already losing <laughs> it. dying. Oh, that was today at Tomb Raider. While I enjoyed the film, I feel like I got a better show. When I walked out, I got in my car, I turned it on, and I was looking at my phone, and I happened to glance up right as a dude pushing this, like, heavy set chick with two boots on. Like, not like shoe boots, but like she had foot surgery or broke like her medicals. Yeah, yeah, like medical boots on each foot. With Velcro straps. Yeah, on each foot. He's rolling her forward, and she's go- he goes to the parking lot. You know, there's that sidewalk that goes between, like, there's the grass median, and there's yeah, that yeah, sidewalk. Yeah, and then there's the brick wall. Yeah. yeah. He goes to, like, from the parking lot concrete to the pop-up to go along the walkway to, like, the second row. He hits that, and the front wheels, I guess, get stuck. And, dude, he just flips this wheelchair face forward. This poor fat chick just falls out and just eats shit and is, like, rolling around. And he's he's trying to upright the wheelchair. She's just, like, rolling around. And these, like, two guys come racing over to help and, like, get her to her feet and get the wheelchair proper. And then, meanwhile, I'm the asshole who's just in his car watching this just, like... I had my hat so low, and I was just, like, trying not to... That's why I didn't film it, because I didn't want to be obvious. I was just, like, texting you. I was like, please don't notice me that I saw this. It was the funniest shit I've ever seen. This woman was just... Like a turtle. Yeah, it was absolutely like a turtle. turtle. And I saw her stand on her own two feet and get back in the wheelchair, so, you know. (laughs) Must not need it too bad, you (laughs) damn woman. You and your fake medical boots. You getting discounts on tickets with those? Fake boots. (laughs) Mario boots, dude. These fake boots were made for (laughs) walking. I'm thinking of the Super Mario magnet boots, dude. I don't know. There were magnet boots in Legend of Zelda. What Mario? What what kind of boots do they have in the movie? Oh, the jumping boots. They make them jump. Which... But they're like heavy. They're not heavy. They're, they're just magnetic, like metal boots. No, they're just fat boots that then yeah, have like these boots, tubes dude. that you put cartridges in. Yeah, they're fat boots. They're not heavy. They no, have to be heavy, dude. At no point in the Mario Bros. movie do they mention that they're heavy or awkward to walk in. Yeah, that's like a big plot point. I am a Super Mario Bros. movie connoisseur, and <laughs> sir, you are wrong. Dude, Bob Hoskins turns in the camera and he says, "These boots are." heavy and they're not made for walking they're made for jumping dude and that's just what they'll do that's just what they'll do by the way i think john leguizamo should have been in better luck tomorrow who should he should have been jesus yes yeah which brings me to my next point should powers booth have been in this movie i think for the first time in my life i'm gonna say no yes i think he would have brought too much gravitas to it i don't think i don't think that this was a film that needed a powers booth like magnetism. He would have distracted too much from the operation. No, he would have been the uh, was it the biology the biology teacher. teacher. Yeah, absolutely. The only white man in the movie. I believe. But he would have distracted. Well, other than the guy who gets beat the shit out of. Yeah, not the teen. Yeah, but he would have, he would have brought too much gravitas. It would have. Wow. I don't think I think he would have distracted from this humble tale, from this humble Han origin tale. Like, who is this mythological man who just walked in from another dimension and has swept me away with his... He's, like, off the set of Deadwood. He's got the mustache. Charisma, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I don't think he would have. I don't think Powers Booth had a place in this film. I'm gonna have to disagree with you. You want him as the the biology teacher? Yeah, throw him in there. Just just a quick cameo. That's like fine. Ten seconds. I don't think MC Hammer would have been able to afford that, but. Man, MC Hammer. Who knows where this guy was getting his paper from at this time? Because you know he ran out of that. You can't touch this money. I like to believe he was just like selling age drugs to Magic Johnson that were actually just like vitamin B. Wearing his trash can pants. <laughs> just trash can. Whoa, we forgot to bring up Virgil's dope jinkos. He's wearing yeah. There's this one scene where they're walking down the block and he's wearing these jinkos that are down to like his. It's when they're selling the shit. Street level, yeah. They're selling the shit. He's wearing. The biggest pants, you said it looked like a king's robes that he was wearing because they were just like billowing and dragging along the ground. Mm, They were probably sweeping up some sweet street skeet. Street sweet skeet. Sweet sweet street skeet. Oh my god. (laughs) That's a tongue twister. So that one's seven times. Sweet street skeet. Yeah, man. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Who was the hottest person in this movie? Han. I feel like every time there's been a movie with Han where I've asked that, you immediately said But I think I'm right. I, I don't think... Stephanie's very cute. No, I'm gonna... I'm gonna counter with John Cho. John Cho does look good, but here's the issue. John Cho, at one point, wears a leather jacket with cowboy stitching in it, and it looks... That's true. It looks like Max Leather Dust <laughs> from uh, Always Sunny. It looks fucking it's quite absurd. Similar. It's like a Waylon Jennings leather jacket it's like it used to be denim at one point but they put leather on it and just stitched (laughs) along the same absolutely (laughs) it is um it's not a good looking jacket it's like pleather it's shiny as fuck you also noted he had at one point he said it's the loudest shirt you've ever seen it's like this pink with like it wasn't it wasn't loud in its design i spent on screen I thought it was, it, it's very like noisy. loud, yeah. Yeah, it, it, like, every time the camera moved, it, it, you, you could, could see, see the, yep. It, when certain patterns are too close, like, it's it very noisy. It was also loud to look at. It was, it was just a bad shirt. Just like, loud. I hope that John Cho, like, burned that he, after that He scene. looked like, uh, if you had, like, a cowboy woman, you met her under a patio, and she said, Howdy, y'all, I'm here to take your order. She would have been wearing a shirt like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then probably tried to like uh please write in if you ever met a cowboy woman under a patio who's worn a shirt that looks like a picnic blanket and has said howdy y'all i'm here to take your order and then after I can't she imagine there's too many of you after there. she took your order she said if you pay a little extra on the tip i'll, I'll let you play. kiss your tip i was gonna say i'll let you play just the tip oh hello y'all ever played the banjo at your cousin's wedding while he's fucking his sister Yes. <laughs> You've done that before? I don't yeah, know what I'm saying. absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, so those guys are... No. They're a real dirty dog. Austin Wojciechowski, if you're listening, have you ever done that? You ever played banjo at your cousin's wedding while he's fucking his sister? Y'all ever been to Bass Rock? Yeah, I have. Oh, man. Bass Unfortunately. Rock. I've been there one time, and I yeah. was literally, I was like, I'm never going back. That's... Uh, hedonism incarnate. Uh, it was hedonism, and how, I almost drowned. You, let's. Uh, I want to try to describe Bass Rock. It's uh, just past the bridge. Yeah, and, and into, into West Virginia. Into West Virginia. Um, and then you 
park and then you go down you like walk down this like piece of shit trail it's like barely yeah you go a down a little muddy trail and there's like these rocks that go out into the it's a trail trying to injure you before you get here like, which river is it it's one of these rivers the allegheny or the shenandoah or the i think it's the allegheny yeah probably the allegheny river but I, who knows? It's some redneck river. But it's, I guess there's I guess, like diapers and needles floating down. Yeah, it. it's one of those things where there's like no technically no uh, jurisdiction. There's there. no ownership. It like yeah. separates Maryland and West Virginia. Yeah, so you can go out there and just do whatever the fuck you want. It's it's basically it's, like you're out at sea. You could no have monkey. Land. You could yeah. have monkey knife fights yeah. if you wanted <laughs> it's, to. It's no man's land. You could uh, you could roll down a shipping container full of Japanese porn actresses. You could, there, yeah. You could set up a a gambling riverboat, <laughs> a riverboat gambling operation. Yeah. Absolutely, drink some double X liquor. Oh my yeah. god, we need to do that. <laughs> Sell our own beef jerky. Oh, we just tie it to each side that so just stays yeah. put. Yeah, exactly. Right there, and the you have to swim out to big it. Big ropes. No, you could take a zip line down. A zip line would be yeah. dope. We could have a fight club, a yeah. dog fight club. No, I don't want to see dogs fight each other. No, no, a dog fight club. When we have planes take off from each side of the ship and they fly around they have dog fights in the air oh that would be amazing a dog fight club and then we hope none of them crash land into us don't crash land into the ship it'll be a real uh steampunk operation every time it happens you and i are just like off on the shore watching just like well if it hits the boat it hits the boat you know it's no one's my, jurisdiction put all my life savings into this boat yeah but uh yeah so you go down and then there's like five rocks like, increasing in size. It's a real outcrop. That's what it is. It's a shit show. I almost drowned at one point. I get caught by a fucking, like, riptide. Oh, you went in the water? Yeah. Well, that was your first mistake. Yeah, I know, but I was. it was too late, because everyone was going Well, no, your first rock. mistake was going to Bass Going there, your yes. Your second mistake was getting in the water. Yeah, and then it literally, I got there, and it was like... All the chicks there were women I'd already previously pissed off, because I'm very notorious at that. Um... Or it wronged in some way. And uh, that was like Travis, me, and like literally a bunch of rednecks I don't care for. And then, uh, yeah, so I was like, I was trying to keep to myself, you know? I was trying to like, I'm going to enjoy myself. And I'm swimming, and I got caught in a fucking like riptide and I almost died. And I had to go sit on a rock for like 30 minutes to catch my breath. And that is the story of how Chance Minner died. He's a ghost now. He's my co-host. Yeah, he's, I didn't, my, he's my co-ghost. Oh, I can't believe we didn't mention that on the first episode. You had died then, yeah. Yeah, you bring out the Ouija board every episode, and I come back. I perform back. a fucking seance, yeah. I bring you out, you know. And then I, I, I appear. You, I summon you from the astral plane. I appear, I get a little drunk with Dave, I record this. And you can get drunk as a ghost. It doesn't, like, Man. you don't drink the liquor it's and, like ghost booze and it. it doesn't go straight through you into your asshole and out into the ground. You know what I always find weird about Ghostbusters is they show that they were apparitions and, like, things would go through them, but then a ghost... Sucks Dan Aykroyd's dick. exactly. Insane. What are the rules here with ghosts? You would think the dick and the comb would go straight through her. Yes. Like, through her brain, basically, but, like, not only that... If drinks can't go, th- if drinks go right through them, then how is she able to to apply the suction to get him off? Into a dick, yeah. Ghostbuster physics, all off. Truly strange. Give us a call, Dan Aykroyd. Let us know. Out of I've six. met Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah, he gave you some Crystal Skull Vodka, didn't he? He gave the production Crystal Skull Vodka, but he walked out and went, Hey, how's it going? I gotta buzz off. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Shook my hand. like I was just like standing PA by a door, and he happened to walk out it. And just like, 
I didn't say a word to him. I was expecting him to walk right by. He was like, hey, how's it going? I got to buzz off. And just like shake my hand and dip. That's like, fucking A. All right, man. It's a good Dan Aykroyd story. Yeah, that's like, cool, dude. Out of six, what would you give better luck tomorrow? Uh, I think give it a 3.5. Yeah. I, all right, fuck it. I'll give it a 3.5, too. What were you going to do? Not that's that, that works for me. Like, 3.5 just seems like all the Justin Lin staples are there. Yeah, it's like things he would come to master. Yeah. yeah. This film obviously was a passion project that he got done through all of his favors. If he would have had an actually like talented DP, if he would have had a little bit more money to get the equipment, this would have been probably a five out of six. But... Because the story's there. there. There's something to be said for that sort of indie can-do spirit Mm -hmm. where it's like he did get this done even with, you know... Nothing. Yeah. Well, it's there. I I think the writing and the story are strong. As far as, like, first features and indie features go, this is one that actually has, like, a a fresh angle, something to actually say, like an original voice. I mean, this this is not something you see that often where it's like this, this... you know, nerdy Asian point of view, to be honest. This Asian-American, yeah. like... It, and and it's not just telling some sort of conservative story about, oh, it's a rom-com. Like, yeah. this is down and dirty. We're drinking beers. We're getting... It, uh... Well, I love how the movie starts off very, like, predictable, and it just takes a sharp right turn. It yeah. just Tokyo drifts to the right, and it's yeah. like, guess what? I told you we were going to Disneyland. But we're going over here to the Swamplands. I wouldn't even say it takes a sharp right turn because it tells you that in the first scene when they find the dead True. body. But you don't know. It, it's like it's the Sandia, way that scene it's plays It's like it's Sandia, this ain't your mama's indie film. But think about how the way that, that scene plays off. is like it's very comedic. It's almost like Weekend at Bernie's where he checks his page and he's like, it's not me. Yeah. It's not yeah, me. True. And then he's crawling along the yard. It comes off very like lighthearted and weird. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, they murdered that guy. Yeah. Like, FYI. And that scene, the way it plays out is very dark. It plays out totally different at the end than it did at the beginning. Well, the way they have it, it's like the camera's doing that, like... like It's breaking the 180 left and right. Which he'll continue to do throughout the Fast series. Yes. Like, during the scenes where it's, like, real dramatic, it's like, we gotta get this done. Hey, Dom, we gotta get this done. And the camera will be panning. He does it in True Detective Season 2 as well, yep. at the end of the first episode, when they all meet around the dead body. Yep, and then it, it, it does that, and it pulls up. Yeah. And it's like they're on PCH. Come on! Yeah. I'm Nick Cave! By the way, right guys, hand. if our fans haven't stopped listening to us yet, Dave and I prefer True Detective Season 2 over Season 1, so... We might as well do True Detective us. next. Let's just blast through it. Do a True Detective podcast, like, miniseries. I'm all for that. Let's do mini just Yeah, mini We keep Podfast as our main. We're doing like out. our 50 movie marathon of Podfast people, but we do a little mini series. Because I think this is a fun journey we've come on. I already like start to explore the uh, the further films of all these actors and directors. I think it's a fun constraint. It gives us direction because we can't ever find direction of our own. Mm, I can find an erection of my own. Oh, I already see it. Yeah, it's all but, uh, and shriveled. So I did, before we wrap this up, I mean, obviously, we have the important question. Who would 
Oh, we already did Powers Booth. You already you you, breezed, you breezed through those. Yeah. So then I guess my uh, I just wanted to ask like, what have you been watching this week? Like, did you watch anything that stood out to you? I burned through Alan J. Pakula's uh, Paranoia trilogy, Clute, The Parallax View, All the President's Men. I've been watching some seventy stuff. I watched. Uh, Wait, All the President's Men is a part of the Tom Clancy series. No. It isn't? No. That's not the Harrison Ford, uh... No. James Ryan or whatever? Jack Ryan? Jack Ryan? No, man. You're talking about, like, some of all fears and... President Dap. Clear and Present Danger? Clear and Present... Clear and Present Danger. All the President's Men is about Bob Woodward and fucking Carl Bernstein fucking discovering Watergate. Oh, man. What a time. Uh, it's a great trilogy. It's a... Were those the ones that you were ranking, like, four and five? Oh, five out of five, baby. Because I saw that you had a lot of, like, fives and I fours. I went on a tear, man. I was, dude, uh, just shot by Gordon Willis. Amazing cinematography. Because I will say, real uh, quick, I will say, check out Dave at uh, Instagram. What, what's your Instagram? Man, you can find me on all social media, Real Dave and Bowden. All yeah, one word. Because you do really good, like... You have these stories where you show, like, the name of the movie and you give a star rating and then, like, a funny little description. Little, uh, little I live for those. Those are, like, my perfect, like, two-second reviews. Little, little capsules. Anyway, I've just been watching uh-huh. some conspiracy thrillers, really. Alright. You, you seem like you've had a good week. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially Parallax View I was really crazy about, and All Presents Men. Uh, somehow I'd never gotten around to that, but uh, amazing film. You're getting around to films where you're like, I'm surprised I haven't gotten around to that. And I'm like, fuck, I've heard of that movie, but I never even thought to watch it. Oh, man, I was just... We try to watch a movie a night, right? Yeah. So you you, you got to push the boundaries. Yeah, I mean, we've watched two today, and I'll probably watch one later when I go home, maybe. No, oh, you're out of your mind. I'm only at 55 movies so far. Uh, I like movies, I guess. This week, uh, the only thing I watched since Hurricane Heist, I watched Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, The Little Hours, Murder on the Orient Express 2017. Um, Kenneth Branner. Yeah, and then Tomb Raider. And uh, honestly, I didn't mind Murder on the Orient Express. It was out of the group that I watched. I watched like three movies that day. I, I actually enjoyed it. It was, um, it wasn't anything new, it didn't reinvent the wheel, it didn't blow me away, but it was, like, a very, like... No, it's just a good, like, classically made it, mystery tale. It was, like, like comfort. Like, yeah, it was... absolutely. I mean, I saw that shit in theaters. And oh, I, did you? Like, yeah, I was... I had a good time watching it. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, was like I, get, I get the story, I know where it was going, I, I figured yeah, out yeah, who I, it was. I, yeah, like, I know how it turns out, but, like... I just like watching Kenneth Branagh move his camera, and I like the way he fucking operates. Well, and I saw so many bad reviews about how, like, he was meticulous about, like, making himself look good, and I'm like, I don't think that was the case at all. Like, his cinematography in that film is really good. Like, his cinematography makes the scenes interesting. Yeah, there's this shot, like, when they first get on the train before it takes off, there's this awesome one shot that goes up. Like, it goes across the platform and then up into the train and yep. then across down the hallway. That was when I was like, yeah. I'm interested. Like, let me yeah. let me see more. And, like, he just, for such a tight space, he does really interesting camera uh-huh. work. And uh, I thought that was fun. And also, Welcome uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, I thought was, like, a ton of fucking fun. Jumanji, baby. It was 
I wouldn't say so much better than Xanthara, because I actually think Xanthara is, like, a really good follow-up to Jumon. Zathura. Zathura, sorry, yeah. Zathura. I've seen it twice now, and I really actually enjoy it. It's just Jumanji, but space. Oh, Zathura. Yeah, and, uh, Kristen, uh, Twilight. Stewart? Yeah, Kristen Stewart. She's in Zathura? Yeah, she she plays the older sister. She gets frozen for the whole movie. I like Kristen Stewart. So do I. Dude, everyone makes fun of me. Dude, I fucking love Kristen Stewart. I think she's actually a really good actress. Oh, no, she's fantastic, yeah. She just, when you watch her rolls away from, like, Twilight and the bullshit, she brings her performance. No, she's amazing. Um, If I'm going on a Kristen Stewart rant here, this is not a rant. This is far from a rant. I'm actually composed, and I'm uh, a little bit drunk, and I just want to say, check out the film Certain Women, directed by Kelly Reichardt. And check out the film uh, Personal Shopper, directed by Oliver Sayas. I still need to see Personal Shopper. And there you go. Um, there's a great film she worked on that she's one of the main actresses in uh, that Safe did the, the sound for. Um, I can't think of the name. They're in Guantanamo Bay. She's like a guard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember the name either. But uh, It's a weird I, name. I, uh, I know exactly the film you you're mentioning it. But yeah, Safe did Does the... Does it have a cloud in the name? Possibly. Safe did the boom work for that. Oh, yeah. And actually, I think he was, um... I think he was sound assistant, but then because of the Kristen way Kristen that... Stewart, Guantanamo already... Bay. Oh, okay. That one will do it. Camp X-Ray. Camp X-Ray. Well, see, I was thinking of Cloud Atlas. Camp they X-ray built a... 2014 movie directed by Peter Sattler, starring... <laughs> they built uh, the set, like all the hallways, so they constantly needed like two booms because they'd have like something in his cell and then outside the cell, and they right. built the sets practically. So they'd have someone booming inside the cell and then someone booming out. And so Safe, who was work- I think it was one of his first union jobs, he was working assistant. He got to boom like the majority of the film as second boom because. That conversation happens between the cell. Hell, I'd boom Kristen Stewart. Who wouldn't? Anyway, I really gotta take a leak. Alright, better luck tomorrow. What a fucking movie. It, hey, better luck tomorrow. It is really a pivotal look at what Justin Lin will become. Yeah, like as far as like auteurist statements go, yeah. this is this is a solid... Uh, he had a style. This is a solid single... Into the outfield. And Han's origin story. And Han's origin story, which if you're a Han fan like we are, it's incredibly important. It was awesome. I was like, wow. At the end, I was like, Han makes so much more sense now. Yeah. And really uh, gives depth to that bad son of a gun. That S.O.B. I really want to take him for a ride. I'd treat him like his Ford Mustang. I'd treat vroom, him vroom. like a like a child would treat an apple pie on a windowsill. I want to dip my fingers in it. <laughs> I'm hard. I'm harder. Harder in cash. All right, folks. Hey. And with that. And with that, we're going to toast to success, and we're going to toast to the sex of my unborn child it's gonna be a daughter all right hurricane heist hurricane heist is her middle name her first name is 
Morgan. All right. Morgan Hurricane Heist and Bowden. Yep, that's my unborn daughter's name. All right, folks. We're going to get on up out of here. Giddy up and go on get your... Get your get your paid and get your laid and get your hair frayed. Salute. Salute. Me, me familiar. familiar.